We're glad you're all here with us tonight. Um, so if you got your Bible tonight, I hope you brought your Bible. If you didn't, we're going to have it up on the screen. But we're in Psalm 39 tonight. And we're going to be, we're, like I said, we're talking about a brand new series that really has the potential to change all of our lives in a profound way. I really believe that. And so this series is called 30 Days to Live. And we're going to examine how our lives would, we, would be different, how our lives would look different if we recognize the truth that's, that our time on earth, our time here is very limited. Like I said, I don't want to creep you out. I don't want to scare anyone or anything like that. But we do need to have the reality that our time is limited here on earth. Um, so there's this story uh, about this husband and wife, and they went into counseling with this doctor. And so the, the, the doctor is talking to the wife, and he's, he's, uh, he, it's the, he's got really bad news. And so the doctor tells the husband, he says, hey, would you mind stepping out of the room for a moment? I need to speak with your wife. And so the husband steps out of the room, and he tells the wife, he says, now, here's some things. Here, here's some things. Your husband, this could be his last days on earth. Or there are some things that you could do that could help him continue to live and live forever. And she's like, oh, great. Well, what are those things? And he says, every single day of the week, three days a week, you have to cook his favorite meals of what he wants and prepare them the way he wants them prepared. You have to make coffee for him every morning. You have to, you know, do, and he went through this whole series of different things, uh, of the things that she must do to, and for her husband to live. And then she says, okay, okay. Well, and then they call the husband back in, and, and then the wife sits there, and she says, um, doctor, can I, can I break the news to my husband? Would you mind giving us a moment? And so the doctor steps out of the room, and the wife looks at the husband, and she says, you're going to die. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay, nobody, <laughs> whatever. Um, so <laughs> I don't know if you guys realize this or know this or not. And once again, not to be weird or morbid, but there is a 100% chance unless Jesus comes back himself and takes you up to heaven with him. That's only happened to two people. Thank you. If that, unless Jesus comes back to heaven or comes back from heaven and just takes you with him, there is a 100% chance that one day we're all going to die. Ever say, aw? Uh, like I said, once again, not to weird you out or anything, but in case you're wondering, in case you're wondering, um, I am scheduled to die April 15th, 2059. You may wonder, he's not lying. You may wonder how I know this. Well, um, there's this death clock that I found. I don't know. But, but I found this death clock. And so in this thing, in this thing online, listen, you enter in, you're like, your height and your weight, and like if you smoke or not, which that, in, that extends my life because I don't smoke. But, and, and then all these other things, like if your parents are still living and all this kind of stuff, your birth date, and, and then it, it tells you how, how much longer you have left to live. So it, like if I'm gonna skydive, if I have any heart problems, if I've ever, if I ride bulls or anything like that. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's April 5th. 2059, be watching, be ready, be ready to cry a lot. <laughs> no, but the, here, listen, though, the, the, the truth is I, I could live much longer or I could live much shorter. 
And the truth is, all of us, if we're really, really honest with ourselves, if we could really recognize how brief, how short life really is, it really is. I know at a young age, and, and even I'm, I'm still young, um, at a young age, we really, you really look at life and you're like, oh, I've got a lot of years left to live. I've still got a lot of life left to live. And, and so that's what we're looking at through this month on these, this 30 Days to Live series is just kind of really how brief, how short life really is. How would your life be different, though? What we're going to look at is how your life would be different if you only had 30 days to live. Has anybody ever actually really thought about that? Like, if I had a week to live, here's some things that I would do. Or if I had a month to live, has anybody ever really? No? Okay. I'm the only weird one. So if you got your Bible, Psalm 39, verse 4 and 5, it says this. And I, I'm sorry, I don't think I put this in my notes, so I'm just going to read it to you guys. Did I put it in there? No. Okay. It says this. Write it down. If, if then you read it, look it up later. It says, Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered and that my life is fleeing away. I can't believe I didn't put this in there because this is one of the most important ones we're talking about. It says this, my life is no longer than the width of my hands. An entire lifetime is just a moment to you. Human existence is but a breath. So let's talk for a moment about how we need to recognize that our life is brief. And I know this verse, I did put it in there. It's James 4, 13 to 17. It says this. Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow will go to this or to that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money like you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes instead. You ought to say, If this is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. And it is. You boast and you brag. All such boasting is evil. Anyone then who knows good that he ought to do and he doesn't do it, he does what? He does sin. He he sins. And sin, if, if you're not familiar with this, sin is what comes into our lives when we, when we step away, when we walk away from our relationship with Jesus. And what it does, it separates us from our relationship with Jesus. So the first thing, if you're taking notes tonight, if you're writing this down tonight, if you're going to catch this tonight, the first thing is this, then turn, or turn when into how, into now. Can't even talk. Turn when into now. Let me explain, and I don't know if you're anything like me, or, or if you would, you would be really awesome, but if you're anything like me, um, so, so much of my life, I've spent a lot of my life kind of wishing my time away, like, I, I wish I had this, or I wish I was able to do this, or I wish I was taller, I wish I was a baller, I wish I had a, never mind. So I'm saying, that's an old song, you wouldn't know that, you kids wouldn't, Rex might know that. Anyways, I'm saying when, when, here's what I'm saying, like when such and such happens or when this thing happens or when this thing takes place in my life, one day everything is going to be just the way that I want it to be. Then when that happens, I can really and fully engage into what, and to do what God's calling me to do. Or one day when I get this girlfriend or one day when I get this boyfriend, man, I am going to be happy. My life is going to be fulfilled when I'm dating that guy. Woo! Not me, you. When, I, <laughs> when I'm married to that girl, yes, 
That's it. It's, that's going to be the moment. Like when I'm older, and I think this is maybe what a lot of teenagers say as well, or young adults say this, when I'm older, then I'm going to take God seriously. See, the problem is, is then rarely comes. When turns into then. And I, and I don't know like what your when then is, but we're going to ask God to, to, um, to turn then into now. We're asking God to turn then into now. Now, no matter where you are, like if you're with your family or with your friends or, or no matter where you're at, um, no matter where you are, make sure that you're there all the time. No matter where you are, make sure you're there. Make sure that, I'm sorry, no matter where you are, make sure that you're all there. When you're, in, when you're hanging out with friends, when you're spending time with family, when you're spending time, whatever it is that you're doing, make sure that you're all there, that you're in the moment. Because I think a lot of times that when we're with our families or with our friends, we take advantage of these moments and we're like, yeah, whatever, mom, whatever. Like, ugh, I can't believe they're saying that. I can't believe they're doing this. And, and we take advantage of these moments and these times that we have, no matter where you are, Take advantage. Make sure that you're all there. Be all there with everything that you have. And, and I'm preaching to myself tonight. And I need to be in the moment as well. I need, to, I need to catch this and I need to hear this as well. With everything you have, be in that moment. Be fully engaged. Every bit of you, be fully engaged. See, then um, turn, turn the winds into nows. See, start living, because if you're not living, your life will be gone. Psalm 118.24 says this, this is the day, what day is it? This one. This is the day that the Lord has made. We'll rejoice and be glad in it. It's this day. It's this moment. It's this time. And did God create tomorrow too? Yeah. So that day, this is the day that the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be excited about it. The next day, did God create that one too? Yeah, this is the day that the Lord's made. I'm gonna rejoice and be excited. I'm gonna be glad about it. This day, this moment, the next moment is no guarantee. The next moments that we have. And so you, you, a lot of us say you say today or, or tomorrow, like we're gonna go here or tomorrow we'll, we'll go there. It's, it's no guarantee. This is the day that the Lord has made. The scripture says, let us rejoice and be glad in it. And today, what that saying is embrace the moment, live in the moment, be excited about the moment. Wherever you are, be all there. Proverbs 27 verse one says this, don't brag about tomorrow since you do not know what the day will bring. Second thing I want you to catch tonight, is this, turn your intentions into actions. God, I, I pray that we'll be people who will turn our, turn our intentions into actions because chances are, if you're like most people uh, that I know, you've got some seriously, really, really good intentions about life. I love working with teenagers because they've got the greatest plans for life. They got the biggest dreams for life. Like, well, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to be this person, and I'm going to be the head of a major corporation, or I'm going to be a doctor, or I'm going to, I'm going to be work with dolphins. And like, yes, do that. But we have these big dreams, and I think sometimes life kind of knocks us down a little bit, 
And, and if, but if you're like most people, most teenagers, and maybe you're sitting here tonight and you're like, I have no idea what I want to do. That's okay too. That was exactly me where I was at when I was in high school. But with a lot of times we have these serious, these big intentions where I'm like, I'm going to play in the NBA. No, you're not. You're too short. Sorry. Um, you, like me, like I'm five foot nothing. And in high school, when I graduated high school, I weighed 135 pounds. I had plans to play in the National Football League. That was not going to happen. <laughs> I was too slow. I was too small. It was not going to happen. But like most people with our grand intentions, you're probably not going to get around to doing them. James 4.17, it says this, anyone who knows the good that they ought to do and doesn't do it, it's sin for them. It's saying if you know the good that you should be doing and you're not doing it, it's sin. See, what are your good intentions that God wants you to do but you've not done yet? And I'm not saying about like your plans and your dreams for life and your things for life. Because a lot of us, we have our plans and our dreams. I was going to play in the NFL. But, but what are God's plans? What are God's dreams for your life? What are, what's God's intentions for your life? Because I think we look at our things, but a lot of times we don't consider God's plans. Think about it. Maybe God wants you to reach out to someone who doesn't know Christ, but you haven't done it yet. Maybe God wants you to connect with someone. Maybe God wants you to appreciate someone, to thank someone, maybe to express your love for someone, to encourage someone, to say thank you to someone who's made a difference in your life, but you just haven't done it yet, or you're holding back. See, what good intentions do you have that you haven't followed through on? Maybe God wants you to serve someone sacrificially in the name of Jesus. Maybe God wants you to use your gift and your talents at church or at school or wherever you're at. And maybe God wants you to start tithing faithfully and you just haven't done it yet. Maybe there's, there's someone that hurt you. And I know they're in a room this size with a group of people this large. There's probably the people in this, in, in this room who have been hurt. I could probably guarantee this. Maybe someone has hurt you and God wants you to find forgiveness. Maybe you're the one who's hurt someone else and God wants you to apologize. Good intentions and actions. See, what good intentions do you have that you haven't yet acted on? Like Close the gap on those things because our time is brief. Our time is short. I can't tell you how many times that I've been with people in the hospital. As a pastor, you've been with people in the hospital and you're sitting there and, and maybe someone's life is slipping away and you're talking to the, a, a family member and they, they have these, and you're listening to the regrets of things that they didn't do or things that they wish they would have done, or I should have done this, or I wish I would have done this. Good intentions, but no follow-through. You have no, no idea the profound power that what God might do when, when you do, when you put into action what he's placed in your heart. Be obedient to what he's called you. Never let the good go undone. Do it today. Proverbs 3.27 says this, do not withhold good from those who deserve it 
when it's in your power to act. That's so good. I'm going to read it again. Do not withhold good from those who deserve it when it is in your power to act. God, turn when into now. Turn our intentions into actions. And the last thing is this. We're going to turn our whole heart towards Jesus. Turn my whole heart towards Jesus. See, the problem is today is that many people are, are turning a portion of their lives towards Jesus. Maybe even a little bit, well, I go to church here and there. Well, I, I will show up now and then, or I'll spend some time with God now and then, or I, I pray sometimes. You know, and, and we, we giving, we're giving God a portion. We're giving him a little bit of our lives. And it's like, how many of you guys, um, any of you guys get the flu shot? A few of us do, yeah. If you get the flu shot, here, here's what they're doing with the flu shot. The, you go into the doctor, and the little doctor sits there, and he, they poke you with a needle. And, and what they're doing, what they're giving you, is a little bit of the flu. <laughs> they're giving you the flu when it's, we're trying to keep from getting it. But what they're doing is they're giving you a little portion of the flu, just a little bit, just enough to make us resistant to the whole thing. See, I believe that many people that we've gotten a little bit of Jesus, just a little bit, just a small portion. And we're, we're like, well, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go do my own life. I'm going to live my own life. I'm going to pursue the things that I want. I'm going to live. Here, here's what a lot of people say. Oh, I'm going to live while I'm young. I'm going to do these things while I'm young. And, and, and every now and then, I'm, I'm going to give Jesus a little bit. I'm going to spend a little bit of time with Jesus, but I'm going to live life. We're going to live it up. We're going to do all these things. And then here's a couple moments with Jesus. And that's what we do. We'll take a little Jesus shot here and there. Oh, thank you, Jesus. You're so good. I thank you for these moments that we have time to worship and to be together and to praise. And and, and you know what, Jesus, I, I might even give you a little bit in return. I go to church, and, and I might give you an hour of serving here and there. Or, hey, look at me, Jesus. I, I, I'm giving a dollar tonight. Jesus, I'm, I'm going to go, though. I'm going to do my own thing now. I'm going to take some time away. I, I'll never forget um, one year. This was years ago after, after a missions trip, and we had a, a powerful, awesome missions trip that we had just taken with a whole group of students. And at the very end of it, there's this girl who, who caught me, and it was towards the end of the summer, and she said, hey, man, I, had, I loved this mission trip. Man, I, God did some great things in my life, but this next year, this next year is my senior year. And she said, I, I probably actually won't be at church very much. She was straight honest with me, which I appreciated that, but she's like, this next year is my senior year, and I'm gonna live it up. I'm gonna do what I, my last year in school, I'm gonna do whatever I can, and I'm gonna live it up. And she's like, I probably won't be at church very often. I'm going to be doing things. And like at right after a powerful week of just God moving and God doing things, Jesus, I, I had these great experiences, but I'm going to go do this. Every now and then, I'm going to stop to catch a little worship music and, and get a little Jesus time, but I'm going to go through my life. And every now and then, every now and then, though, when things get difficult or things get tough, then I'm going to call on Jesus. That's when I really need Jesus. I'll pray. Help me, Jesus. Going through life, like, we look at it like everything's okay when we've got just a little bit of Jesus. Just enough to keep me from really knowing who he is, though. 
See, life, life is brief, brief. Life is short. The, the verse we read earlier said, a hand's width to God. You're a mist. It says also that we are uh, like a mist, like a vapor that's, that appears for a little while and poof, it vanishes. And that's why right now there's nothing better that, than you can do in this moment and in these next moments that we have than say yes to Jesus. Then let your life be changed by Jesus. And, and, and like, I, I don't want any of you to miss the moment tonight that God wants to do in your life. I want you to know that, that God's truth and God's grace and God's power and his mercy is, is for you and it's good for you and it will bless your life and it will change your life. Jesus, I, I want to give my whole heart to you, everything about me, not just a little bit, but I want to give it all. I'm going to pray. We're going to go to our fam time. Um, so there's this story in Mark chapter 12 where Jesus, uh, he, he was always having conversations with different people and always talking with different people. And there's this one story in, in Mark 12 that's always just kind of gripped me. It's always just kind of caught me. And, and it's just, well, I want to share that. So he's having a conversation. <clears throat> and this guy comes to him and he says, Jesus, what is the most important commandment of all? And Jesus responded and he said this. He said, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your soul, with all of your strength. And then he said, the second commandment is just like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's a really good thing. Jesus gave the first one and two right there, the greatest commandments right there. And then this guy, he looked on and and said something like, well, yeah, I understand that, Jesus, but, but, and, and so Jesus, what up, Jesus caught this, and, and he knew, um, he, he must have recognized this man, because this man asked a question, and he said this, because this man must have had kind of a form of Jesus, a form of godliness here, but he didn't have it here. He didn't have it in his life. He had it in his head. He's like, oh, okay, well, I do all the right things. Here's all the right things to do, but he doesn't have it here. And that's when Jesus said some words that have always kind of shook me, have always kind of rattled me a little bit. And I want you to catch what the scripture says. When Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, Jesus said to him, it's in Mark 12, 34. He said, you're not far from the kingdom of God. He's saying, you're close, but you're not there yet. You may understand and you may catch some of the right things. You're not far, but you're not quite there either. And honestly, it's for me, it's one of the greatest fears that I have for so many of you guys. That a lot of you guys have been in church, you've grown up around it, you've, you've learned a lot of things, you've caught a lot of things, you've experienced a lot of things, you may even know a lot of things. A lot of you guys grew up doing Bible quiz in the church, you know so many scripture verses, but a lot of times it's here, and it's not here. You're in church, you understand things about Jesus, you're close, but you're not really there, you're not far. You know the glory, you know the power, you know the truth, you know the majesty of who Jesus really is, but you don't know it personally. You're close, but you're not quite there. You're not far from the kingdom of God. You, you've got a little bit of Jesus, but not all 
of him. That's why you need to turn your, your then into now or your win into now. That's why we need to turn our intentions into actions. And that's why we need to turn our whole heart to Jesus. And we need to do it now. We need to do it now. I'm going to pray. Would you close your eyes and bow your heads with me?